there aren't many communities out there that get their legislative body to come before them on, you know, uh, at least an annual basis and sometimes a couple of times a year where we get our two senators and uh, our state rep. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass FM dial at 102.9. There was a town council meeting last Wednesday. I was away, but that's okay. We're catching up this Thursday morning with our council chair, Tom Mercer. Tom, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you, Steve. Welcome back. Yes, it was good to have a safe trip, a nice family visit. Nice. The schedule would have it. I really didn't know what was going to happen, but it worked out that my brother-in-law had a meeting to go to. So while the ladies went off and watched some TV, I was able to tap into the meeting remotely. So uh, that was pretty cool. I didn't yeah, know that much. Yeah, nice. <laughs> the, the YouTube broadcast was very quick and easy to listen to. So good. yeah, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, technology when it works well like that, there's nothing wrong with that. So for the new for the listeners, if you're new, we're gonna cover the meeting, which was relatively lengthy in a condensed format here, and focus on the two questions. Okay, what just happened? And what does it mean for us Franklin residents and taxpayers? And for the regulars, you're kind of familiar with this process, so we'll just dig right in. And you had two appointments and swearing-ins for the fire department. Yes, uh, we did. And uh, it's always good to uh, have these appointments come before us. So they get to see us. We get to see uh, who's coming on board. And in this case, we had uh, Victor DaCosta. And again, these are all new firefighter paramedics. Uh, and uh, Nick Russo. Uh, and the chief brought in and came in with uh, a little bit of background information on both. And it's nice to have the opportunity to welcome them on board and bring the numbers up to snuff, so to speak. Yes. And I think while they're new to us, if I recall correctly, Victor has an extensive background, so he's more of a right. transfer in. He's a transfer. That's correct. One, but the other, uh, the other piece that was really interesting was Nick was the first person from Franklin High School's uh, student program to participate in the firefighter kind of training. Who actually then comes through and now is hired. Yeah, uh, and that's a great story. Uh, so. Uh, he is the first, and uh, the chief uh, uh, brought that up, and that was nice to hear. And it's nice to see that uh, the opportunities that are in our schools uh, come to fruition. So it's a great thing. Yeah, and while he's the first, I'm I'm sure he won't be the last because I do I, recall. I think it was either the second or third week in July, I, not July, excuse me, second or third week in June, I remember seeing at least three or four students doing training with the fire department 
in a variety of positions around the town. So one day they were at Beaver Pond. It looks like they were doing some uh, hookup with the hose and doing some praying, et cetera. Um, it, all, that kind of training does happen on an annual basis, I think, from what I've been seeing. So to the extent that it actually produces somebody who now has some experience and will be doing it for their career, um, that's that's all good. Yes, it is, for sure. And then from your ABC license perspective, you had a modification to approve for yeah. Shaw's Markets. Yes. Uh, again, uh, it's a uh, change of officers and directors, not really managers, but uh, officers of the corporate uh, entity. So uh, uh, this, this is something that happens kind of uh, frequently with uh, some of the bigger chain stores uh, where they're uh, board of directors change up a little bit, and by law we have to, or they have to come in and adjust uh, the license. So that's basically what that was. Yeah, and clearly, as we've talked, you know, life happens, people make changes, and at that corporate level, your oversight still requires approval of that paperwork through the ABCCC process. So, yeah, it's relatively a minor impact item but it's still an approval piece and enforces your oversight absolutely yep and then the major portion of the meeting uh clearly was the representation from our state legislators uh senator president karen spilka senator becca roush and representative jeff roy came provided updates and you ended up giving senator spilka our recognition because that's her last official function from a representative of us directly although indirectly clearly she assuming she maintains her senate presidentship then uh we haven't lost her exactly uh yeah it's always it's always nice and i'm not sure uh you know there there aren't many communities out there that get their legislative body to come before them on you know, uh, at least an annual basis and sometimes a couple of times a year where we get our two senators and uh, our state rep uh, to come before us and kind of give us a legislative update. And it's very general uh, as to what's going on and uh, where we are, some of the accomplishments and so forth. Uh, but in this particular case, uh, you know, we're fortunate because we just happen to have the Senate president as one of our uh, uh, Senate representatives. So so it was it was good to have them there. You know, a lot of uh, updates. Uh, Senator Spilka, Senate President Spilka gave the first update and followed by Senator Roush and then uh, Representative Roy, who is a very frequent visitor, uh, which is another really good thing. So uh, it was great to get the updates. It was great to have uh, Senator Senate President Spilka before us. And uh, we felt uh, that we wanted to thank her for all she has done because as everyone well knows, 
having the Senate president represent your community kind of puts you in a pretty good spot when it comes to uh, state funding and uh, they watch your community a little bit closer. So uh, that's really a good thing. And as you said, unfortunately, we are losing uh, Senate President Spilka uh, from our community. Uh, but I'm sure Senator Rausch will uh, uh, represent us well. And uh, as Senator Spilka said, she's really not going away. She's just uh, losing the community as a direct uh, representative. Uh, but uh, she'll still be the Senate president and she'll still be looking out for us. Yeah, and for those who may not recall, or is like, what? Well, when was the change? Based on the 2020 census, there was a redistricting. So we moved from eight precincts to nine. As part of that, at the state level, Senator Spilko, who had represented us for, I think, three precincts, all of Franklin now is in one precinct that uh, is now part of that Norfolk, Middlesex, and I forget the third piece. It's yeah. three 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 names of uh what is now Senator Rauch's district. So she maintains all of Franklin as opposed to having had only part of it. And then because the districting and the precinct changes were effective at the beginning of the year, uh, because we're now going to be voting in November, that change will be now reflecting either Rauch or her challenger becoming our representative effective January, and thereby Spilker is going to be moving, assuming into her continuation as a center president role. Right. Yes, that's correct. So uh, council has got to ask uh, many questions, as well as uh, uh, our representatives were uh, our legislative body was very open to questions from the community. And there were some people in the audience that, uh, as well as Zoom, that had uh, a question or two. And, you know, it's not very often that you get basically, uh, it was a two hour audience with our legislators. So uh, uh, that's prime time. That that is prime time, and we're so fortunate to have such great represent representation in our legislature. And I think one of the things we had been teasing up for this, and actually came up in the discussion, and as I recall, the summary would be on the state flag change proposal. They effectively were respectfully referring to the commission to provide feedback. And then once the legislature gets whatever the proposal is, then clearly we can go through them to make our suggestions, recommendations, encouragements, et cetera. Exactly. It was almost uh, the way I understood it is clearly uh, it's the commission in the commission's hands right now when it does come back to the legislature that's when uh, we should be going to the legislature. Yeah, and it sounds like the commission, as part of their work before it gets to the legislature, will also is scheduled to do, again, hopefully it'll actually happen, 
um, to have some public sessions, you know, public hearings, oh. feedback solicited, et cetera, as to whatever those proposed changes are actually are. Yeah, correct. So stay tuned. There's more to come on the flag front. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then one of the items that we've talked of approximately the last year or so, but then more significantly in the last couple of meetings and through Community Preservation Committee, Finance Committee, and then the first hearings, you got to the second hearing on the Schmitz Farm, uh, right of first refusal and actually approved it. Yes, Steve. And again, uh, these are one of those, this is one of those uh, legislation uh, uh, resolutions that uh, we as a council are very, very proud of. Uh, you know, there's there's only a few large parcels left in the community, and uh, this happens to be one of the uh, one of the top two. Actually, this was the bigger of uh, the two. Maple Hill being another one, and we had already stepped forward and purchased the Maple Hill lot down off of Maple Street. And now we're in the process of going through uh, Schmidt's Farm, which is up off of Prospect Street, which is 115 acres. And that will that that message that we have purchased in the last year over 200 acres of open space. Uh, you know, uh, we don't fortunate, uh, unfortunately, we don't have the dollars right now to do anything major with any of these projects beyond getting them into the town's hands. And that's where we are. Again, this is a chapter 61, right of uh, 61A, uh, right of first refusal. Uh, it's a great piece of property connecting to uh, a few different pieces, some of which, uh, you know, between Bald Hill and I think Oak Ridge, uh, and it actually abuts town land, uh, and Nicholas Drive, Lyons Street, uh, Sarsfield Street, and I think a piece of Washington Street. So these are all, uh, it's just a great uh, opportunity for the community and a plug for the Community Preservation Committee and the CPA funds are what made it possible for us to do this. So thank you to the community for uh, putting the CPA into existence with the town and in the first year, being able to buy over 200 acres of open space, uh, repair of the brick school, uh, there's some really, really good things going on in our community. And a lot of it is thanks to the Community Preservation Act and the Community Preservation Commission uh, identifying these things as places where those funds should go. Yeah, indeed, in my 15 plus years of watching and observing and reporting, 
this is historic. I mean, in the past year and a half or so, two proposals were approved. I recall, and I have still to go back and check, but I believe it was two prior where we didn't have the ability to to take the fresh rider refuel. We had no wherewithal, no money, no funding to do that. So we lost those properties. Now, to the extent that we did two in a year, are we going to do more? There's not that much more left out there as well. <laughs> exactly. These were the two two of uh, the largest uh, piece, pieces of property that had been identified during the master plan when we re, uh, put, put the master plan into existence. And these pieces have been identified and on the council's radar uh, for as long as I've been on the council. Uh, and certainly before that, uh, we were always hoping that when they did become available, that we were in a position to do something about it and to step to the plate. And again, thanks to the Community Preservation Act, we were able to do that in both both these cases. Thanks to the, my fellow residents and voters for approving that. Um, the other piece I'll put in is a reminder to the extent that the master plan is coming up for an update. As part of that, there'll be an op- update to the open space plan, an update to the recreation plan, that'll be our opportunity to, okay, now that the top two have been taken off the list, what what bubbles up? How do we start preparing? And I believe there was also, uh, and part of the planning process, there was also adjustments around, um, I believe there was a public meeting with DPW, et cetera, around some of the proposals for modifying King Street Memorial Fields to do expansion and or revisiting some enhancements there, including additional pickleball courts. So (laughs) there are a lot of things happening and opportunity is still there for us to continue to say and uh, express our interest as to what should be done in what priority order. Absolutely. And that uh, uh, update to King Street, uh, actually, there was an abutters meeting yesterday afternoon. Uh, uh, You know, a little bit of sprinkles, but we had put a tent up there so that we could uh, answer a lot of the abutters questions. So uh, thanks to Ryan and uh, Ryan Jetty, our recreation director, and uh, Jamie for uh, getting that out there and having these kinds of informational uh, sessions, especially when you come to uh, updating or making changes to some existing properties. So, And while government tends to move slowly, we understand that, but we have an opportunity to participate and help that movement <laughs> forward always. <laughs> Without question. Yeah. And then a couple of other items in the meeting, the relative, uh, not so much relative, but the periodic update in terms of the cable funds from the official con- town coffers to the cable access group was approved. Yes, that's kind of a, uh, you know, it's kind of comes before us. Uh, it feels like every month we're, uh, we're dealing with it, but uh it's just again. It's a uh, uh, it's mass general laws that require us to uh, accept that uh, uh, and dispel and 
and distribute the cable funds to in support of the PEG service program. So it's something, uh, it's kind of like uh, uh, a little bit of housework that has to get done on a regular basis. Yeah, from a fiscal as well as open book transparency point of view, apparently at some point in time, some community didn't behave so well and thereby became an adjustment in the Mass General Law, which now we do on a regular basis. Exactly. Exactly. Very well put. Yeah. And then I guess the last piece you always like to recognize as well and the the, the recognition by various aspects of the community in terms of the work being done by police, veteran services, another gift acceptance uh, was acknowledged. Yes, and you know, again, uh, the generosity of our community and uh, our individuals in the community, as well as our businesses uh, that are out there that uh, help support some of our uh, town, uh, is just wonderful. In this particular case, the police department received a thousand dollar grant from uh, New England Treatment Access, better known as NETA. Um, and uh, the Veterans Service Department from Bruce and Eileen Watkins uh, received a hundred dollar donation. So uh, we just can't thank you, thank these people and businesses enough for their continued support of. Uh, our local veterans, police, fire, senior center. Uh, they come and they come to all the different departments that are obviously always needing something. And that kind of recaps the last session. And you've got another one as you start the month next week. Yes, uh, we do, actually. And uh, actually, one of the things we'll uh, obviously... Uh, I believe the first meeting in November in our off year is our uh, reorg uh, uh, session. So that will be happening as well uh, as our regular uh, agenda. And, you know, the uh, final vote on Schmidt's Farm will be there. Uh, so stay tuned. Stay tuned, because I think the other hot topic that has been out there will be coming back, too, as well as the uh, downtown parking. Oh, parking. Yes. Sorry, forgot that. I don't know. <laughs> how, how. how could you forget? <laughs> no uh, for sure. That, that's an ongoing uh, uh, issue. Yes, that uh, that will be coming up for its uh, second reading. So hopefully, uh, uh, you know, it, it, that's one of those things where. There are there are no answers that are going to satisfy everyone, uh, and sometimes you have to take baby steps and then make adjustments as you go along. And uh, sometimes that's hard for a lot of uh, people to understand. But uh, I think we're getting to a good place. Are we 100% there? Probably not 100%, but I think we're close enough so that it's time to get these things into, into place and then tweak where we need to tweak as we move forward. 
So stay tuned for uh, the agenda, which will be coming out um, in the associated docs so people can review in advance of the meeting or just tune in via cable, live stream, YouTube <laughs> is available now. So almost anywhere you are, in case in point, I was away and I still could do so. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for taking time to do the recap and um, we'll talk next week again. I'll look forward to it, Steve. Thank you once again for doing this. And thank you for our listeners to, uh, for tuning in and paying attention and learning as to what's going on in your community. And for the residents and listeners as well, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.